Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene, everybody. It is your host, Jackie Zuck. It is another awesome day for another awesome episode of How to Become Next on Scene in your field of business or in your passion. Before I bring on my amazing and inspiring guest, who is so awesome, and some of you may have heard him before. He's been on a few times, um, but we can never get enough of him. I always like to start with a marketing tip and a self-care tip to get your week started and end with some zen. So marketing tip of the day is going to be all about interviews. The topic of today's podcast is all about the interviewing process, what goes into interviews and all those things. I think you're going to learn a lot. So I think it's really important in terms of media when you are pitching yourself to people to really go with the flow, be personalized and really, really pay attention to what journalists, podcasters and editors are doing? Who are they interviewing? Who are they talking about? It's really important to focus on that because if you just dry pitch someone just promoting what you do, you will be overlooked in two seconds. Pay attention to details. It's what's going to separate you from the crowd and you'll be a guest on a show. So worth it. My self-care tip of the day as I'm having some upper back pain (laughs) is to really create some time for self-care. I feel like also I feel like posture is like really strongly happening for me right now. But like definitely like when you're sitting all day, like put a pillow behind your back, do something that will make you feel more structured, straight and like stretchy. And I think it's important to stretch, right? So uh, that's my self-care tip of the day. Hope that inspired you. So now I'm really excited to have my amazing guest on, Henry Weinwright. He is the host of the Henry and Friends Live show. He is an incredible resume. He has hosted amazing shows. He is a dress designer. He now is writing a book to make into a movie, all the things. So before I talk your ear off, because Henry and I have a lot to say, and he has so much information to share with you, stay tuned for the amazing Henry Weinwright. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. Welcome back to Becoming Next On Scene, everybody. I am so excited to be here with one of my favorite people of all time, Henry Weinwright, the host of Henry and Friends Live. Hi, Henry. How are you today? Jackie, it's always a pleasure. And you are a bit of a beam of sunshine coming through my screen. So I'm excellent. How are you? Great. And I always love having you on. I'm sure people who are regulars know and love Henry as much as I do. But for new people who don't know you, you have such an amazing background. And now with this new vodcast you've launched, like talk a little bit about what you do and what you're currently working on. Well, um, I think that, uh, you know, you live and learn with all your experiences. And today I really wanted to come on um, and chat with you about the, you know, the art of the interview. Um, and before I was preparing this week, I thought to myself, well, what are my credentials? So uh, I have credentials that start, I think, from when I just popped out of my mother's womb. <laughs> I mean, I'm a talker, and so it's a natural thing for me. But the, the professional credentials are um, 
you know, I've done my own show uh, in America called Style Court, Project Runway Australia. I was the Tin Gun role, um, you know, in Australia. I've done countless interviews in the States, including, you know, Good Morning America, The Today Show, uh, Say Yes to the Dress, Inside Edition. Uh, in Australia, I was the fashion correspondent for a, a group of, of national television uh, broadcasters. And now um, reinvigorating my career in a different uh, sphere. Um, Henry Roth is my brand, my wedding dress brand, but my author brand is Henry Weinreich. So I'm roosting back home. And so I wanted to launch my own um, organic podcast and podcast. So that's a little bit of my experience about some of the things I wanted to share with all of you behind the scenes on what it takes, I believe, to do a great interview. I love it. And you've seen it all throughout the years, like work with so many different sorts of people. Like who would you say is one of your most memorable interviews of all time? I would have to say, honestly, Aretha Franklin's absolutely amazing. I mean, come on, extraordinary icons in the industry. Um, a list of, of people, including, you know, Star Jones, the host on Today Show, because it's not just the interview that you're actually doing. It's the preamble. Like when we, before we started, it's that really natural chit-chat that you often do have with the person interviewing you. So um, there's such a slew of them, Good Morning America, Today Show, really and truly. I think, to be honest with you, it's important to be able to say each and every one in their own right is unique. I love that. So true. And you really are so good at, like, pulling that out in people. So, like, let's talk about how Henry and Friends Live got started and the types of people you're interviewing, and we'll go beyond there after that. <laughs> well, well, fantastic. Well, just very quickly, I decided that I was going to refresh and invigorate my professional career and do a lifelong dream of creating a cinematographic and a literary work called The Stories I Told My Son. So I sat down with my father, 30-month project, and that will be a vodcast once we get our publishing deal. But basically, for 24 months, Jackie, if not more, and a person that lives and breathes social media, I said, I'm not doing it. I'm going to stop, and I'm writing. So about uh, from the beginning of this year, we're now to, on to our seventh month and our second season of Henry and Friends Live, I thought to myself, do I remember what it's like to speak to people? Like, you know, you, 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 totally. You know, it's like it's great to be sort of like isolated as an author, but then after a while it's like, um, hello, have I lost it? So I wanted to recreate and reinvent and refresh my platform as Henry Weinreich. And I thought, okay, well, I want it to be organic. I want it to be natural. I don't want to have artificial flavors and colorings. I just want to talk to my friends. And that's how I started the concept of Henry and Friends Live. And, and the tagline is, you think you know your friends, but do you really? Right. It's true, though. You learn new things every day from them, right? Absolutely. And so I started doing that. And it's the most important thing is, and I was just um, actually doing a pre-interview, and you know all about pre-interviews, because you are the princess of the pre-interview. And um, and it's a really dear friend of mine, Dr. David Salvage, and he's actually uh, one of America's and New York City's leading psychiatrists. And he pointed out something really interesting. He said, we were doing the pre-interview. He said, Henry, I tell you what I like about what you're wanting to do and what you are doing. And, he, and I said, well, he said, it's actually authentic. There's one thread through 
and it's the connection you have with your friends and the network you're creating. So that's how we started Henry and Friends Live. It's had um, actually quite a few different machinations until we've now we've got the format and it's basically one-on-one. It has to be somebody I know or somebody I've connected with. Uh, for example, um, you connected me with Ginger Burr, which was, uh, you know, how do they have it in LinkedIn? It's like first, second, third, whatever. But it has to have an umbrella. Um, it has to be, right? Isn't it six degrees of connections or something? It's something we say in America, I think. I it's too weird to say that in Australia. I mean, it gets so far along. I mean, we actually have seven degrees because you have to have one more degree to get in. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so accurate. Seven degrees for Australia and it's eight degrees for New Zealand. That's hilarious, Henry. That's a good one. <laughs> So I think I think finally, you know, in creating this podcast and this podcast show had to be authentic. It had to stay true to its title, Henry and Friends Live. Um, it is global. So I love the fun of it for me is like every every program, it's one-on-one with one person from somewhere in the world. And I absolutely adore that. And basically, the other thing, and I got a really great um, advice from our fashion correspondent in Melbourne, and she said to me, Henry, people know about the news. They're not coming to you for the news. They're coming for invigoration, um, enlightenment, initiating new concepts, collaborating, networking. And you know what? Since that time I got that advice, I've been thrilled with that advice. I really have. And, and so that's the concept of Henry and Friends Live. I love it. But you're just so like, I remember when I was on the show, like your structure of interviewing somebody, because I mean, you've been doing this so much longer than I have, you know, like it's so inspiring and structured. Like what really goes in to an interview with Henry? Tell us all about this. (laughs) Well, I, I think it's so interesting because, you know, it's so interesting to be on the other side of the mic, as you know. And, you know, I, and I, I was Jackie, you were really, like, uh, quite amazing. And I said, look, and, of course, you know, you scour social media and then it's like, oh, my God, Jackie is definitely somebody I want to interview because she's just been voted in by, you know, uh, appointed by Zoom Finance as, you know, one of the top 20 social media experts to work out for 2021. You I'm said like, Zoom. I'm, I'm just correcting you. You meant Yahoo Finance. You said Zoom. Yahoo Finance. Did I just say Zoom? <laughs> Uh, Yahoo Finance, right? So the interesting thing is it's one thing to be on one side of the uh, the life and it's another thing to be on the other side. I think behind the scenes, if, if that's what we're looking at, there are some definite tips that I think we can share with everybody on what I believe helps. And I've made some pointers here on some of the things I think go behind being preparing yourself for being interviewed. Let's hear them. Share away, Henry. <laughs> and I'll stop. And by the way, um, we've agreed and we've shared, we can share with everybody, when you put your pen up, because that's my that's one of my methods, by the way, everyone. When I put my my pen up, when I'm interviewing somebody, that means they, they know that the point's done and move on to the next thing. I love so, it. That's like the fun fact of the day, by the way. Uh, and it works, Jackie. It really works. So that's your magic wand. When it goes up, you, I know the point's done, okay? Practice. So one, two, three. <laughs> I gotta find my pen first. There we go. <laughs> Here's that one. Um, I think the thing is that obviously um, one of the things to take into account is every interview is different. So when you ask me, you know, so I think the thing is when you think about it, every interview is different. And so if you go into it trying to replicate interviews you've done in the past or how you want it to pan out, I think that you're actually encroaching on your own natural uh, organic energy and spontaneity. So don't forget that every interview can only be as good as you want it to be. Let it, let it flow. Just let it flow. 
Have you had that experience when somebody tries to micromanage the interview? They go, how sound scripted, like awful. Totally couldn't agree more. Script, you can tell when somebody's scripted, can't you? Totally. They sound like a robot. <laughs> like literally. Can you tell, can you tell with your can you tell with your um, guests some of them? I mean, it's, and it's okay because we understand that comes from nerves. Totally. How can you tell when somebody's scripted? How do you know that? They, you, they literally, it's like you're reading a page in a book, right? Like it's, that's literally what it sounds like. It sounds like they didn't, they're not, it's not natural. There's no ifs, there's no ums, there's no ahs, there's no emotion, you know, like it's hilarious. Actually, it's interesting when I think about that, actually, I think about, you know, so robotic, right? So I've been really getting into TikTok, I'm telling you. It's probably the last, it's brilliant. And I, what I love, and I actually was really inspired by my sister's TikTok and you were working with her, um, Michelle Roth, uh, in, in, in at Kleinfeld. And you know that robotic voice? So you could put in the text and, and then you do... speaks for you? Unbelievable, right. Yeah, that's right. And so to me, as, and I'm sure to you as well, when you're overprepared, when you're scripted, when you prepare, you sound like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely accurate. So I think that's the first thing. The other thing is before you even get on and, you know, get interviewed, be a dream to work with. Just be easy to work with. The person, the media organization, the person that's about to interview you, they want easy. So my, my, my experience was when I first, first one of my very first interviews in America was actually um, with this, you know, uh, Telemundo, which is a Spanish speaking network. And it was my crack, and it was like, uh, you know, it was um, Valentine's Day, something like 1999. And I just, I just, just had to know it was It was freezing cold in New York City. It was snowing like crazy. We had to hire out a, a van, my sister Michelle Roth in the back, with all the models, getting all the makeup on. And, you know, I didn't tell her where we were going. And so we get up to, uh, you know, getting into New Jersey. She's like, okay, so what? We're going to California? What's happening here? So I said, Michelle, and then she said, I said, don't worry about it. I've got it. I've got this. Do not worry. Go through the gates, of course, and it's all in Spanish. She said, Henry, do you understand that this is a Spanish-only speaking network? I said, Michelle, details, details. So we <laughs> an Italian seamstress, and we just got on and we faked it. But we were easy to work with. I love it. Right. Like, well, there you go. To answer even your first one, just going with the flow and being easy to work with. I love it. I think, Jackie, I think you understand yourself. Like, you know, you have different clients. You have different people you represent. It's so much easier when you get a sheet set of information. I try and get it back straight away the same day, even though it might be months in advance. Get it done. Get what that person wants. Also be flexible. Just because of how the topic started, like our topic has changed a few times because your requirements, what I was hoping to talk about, be flexible and easy with that interviewer and don't stalk them. Like once you've given them the news and the information, they will come back to you because you're not the only person that they're getting an interview prepared for. Does this resonate with you? So true. And also too, like just to kind of follow up on what you're saying, like there's some people that like it's their first time being interviewed, like they want to be rehearsed. Like, what's your advice? Because you worked in really high, uh, what's stress TV, right? There is Look, no prep time, right? Let's <laughs> talk about that. I, I think the thing is that so I have clients that I'm working with now. I've actually got um, a person in Melbourne, Australia, that I'm working with, and that's actually helping her prepare for um, reality TV to get onto reality, right? And I think the thing is that what I think we all need to realize, especially now, post-pandemic, 
is this. Actually, people are so over pre-rehearsed, um, people that are, are, are worried about being nervous or being vulnerable. My advice and the advice I'm giving is if you try and pretend to be a persona, people see right through it. Just be nervous. So good. So accurate. I mean, just be yourself. Don't worry about, you know, it's a real leveler, I think, when you get interviewed because you've got to dig right down to the bottom of your soul. Um, and I think you've got to realise that you are who you're going to be to then and there. Does it mean that it's going to be who you are tomorrow? Doesn't mean who you were yesterday. It's just the sum total of everything then and there. It depends on your mood. Depends how you woke up. Did you eat control for breakfast? Did you have bed mine on your toes? If there's so many variables, it's okay to be nervous. It's I good to be. That. I love, but also too, like you touched upon just being yourself. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people feel like in TV, they have to be this persona of somebody. And I think that's what actually turns away a lot of directors and producer, right? Do you agree with that? Because you've seen I, I think I think that people want authenticity and I think people are looking to interview you because of you. And I think that it does turn people off. What turns off uh, a person that produces a show, uh, anybody in the media, anybody wanting to interview you, no matter how big or small it is, you need to be easy to work with. You need to be on time. You need to be conducive, flexible, and not needy. Don't call them up a million times because I promise you they will never, ever call you back again, ever. <laughs> so true. That's hilarious. It's true. You relate to that. so accurate. Like, because there are just so pe- there are people that are just obsessed with the opportunity that they almost like push it away, right? They're like, oh my God, I have it. And then it's gone. <laughs> it's interesting. And it's so interesting. I think you're the same because, you know, when you're doing your editorial sheet and you're working out, you know, you plan your magazine six months in advance. You plan who you're interviewing um, for months in advance. And you tend to, you know, you, you go towards energy, right? So for me, when I called up this month, I've called up people who are living in um, Africa, uh, psychiatrists, you know, it's been natural energy. So that's how people come to you. Most interviews come to you because people actually want to interview you. Now, If you start getting over-excessively, you know, overdone and overcooked and needy, then it's not natural to them. And it's like, especially in media, they sense it, they smell it, and they don't like it. They don't want you to be a walking advertisement. Right. Don't want it. And if you come across as a walking advertisement, rehearsed robotically, you're going to trip yourself up and you just, unfortunately, it's a very cruel world out there when it comes to the media. They will never use you again. And it goes around. Quickly. <laughs> Quickly. In terms of, like, the Australian media market versus the U.S., like, what is the difference? Is there a big difference? Is there not? It's a really, it's such a really, that's a really great question. Um, I think my response to it is as follows. Um, it's not so much the difference culturally or nationally, uh, and it's one of my points, which is a beautiful question, is actually understanding who you're actually being interviewed by without getting storage. So I know before I was coming on, although we have had experience before, I have done my research previously to an interview I've had before with you. I know you're upbeat. I know you're natural. I know you're American. Uh, but it's not so much that you're American and I'm Australian. It's the frequency of your our energies. And so, therefore, when I do my – and I have interviews, you know, look, I have, I have an audience here, London, Mexico, Los Angeles, New York, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, all that sort of stuff. Boston. And, 
Boston. Boston. <laughs> Whoa. Boston 617 classic area code. Yeah, there, there you go. And I think the thing is it's much more international now. And I think the thing is it's not so much um, where a person's interviewing you from. It's what is the editorial context of the show and the person that's interviewing you. Interesting. So do you find that there are a lot of topics that overlap or are they actually very different? You know what, Jackie? I think that we really have become now uh, one world. I mean, I know that sounds like a real cliche, but honestly, since the global experience of the pandemic, and I don't want to talk about that in in, in an obsessive way, but there's some terrible negatives. But one of the positives are is is that we are really one world now. It's like all of a sudden we are just one world. And the medium space, like, honestly, I just get on StreamYard and my parents watch the show because they love it so much. I've got people from all around the world. And I think the honest truth is it's all now an even playing field. Um, my guest this weekend, um, her name is Rebecca Bond, and it's definitely worthwhile looking her up. And, and I'd love you guys to network because she's amazing. And she's what I call a LinkedIn futurist. And Rebecca is talking about, because, you know, when I got on the phone with her and I did my pre-interview, the thing that resounded to me was the cross-pollination between cultures now is an international language. So she's talking about women not just crashing through the broken, you know, the glass ceiling, it's now reaching blue skies. Mm -hmm. All this terminology that we use all around the world, it's about futurism, it's about all the catchwords that I've been picking up with Rebecca, and it just, it catches on like wildfire. So I think the bottom line is, is that it's the same international language, yes, there is different nuances, different accents, different terminology that you have that we don't. But ultimately, I think that we're becoming one language. I do. Great answer. Great answer. Now, this is so random, but it kind of has to tie in with interviews, but this is what we do, right? A lot random. When you meet people and you're networking, have you ever heard somebody say to you, I feel like you're interviewing me? Like, being that you do this for, a, you've done this for a living for so long, like, how do you, how do people actually, like, differentiate like going out and feeling like they're not being interviewed and you're just trying to network with somebody gosh that's such a good question and uh and in answering that question i want to highlight for for all of us the natural fact a really good interview is being able to just go with the flow you see that's the thing if you're all scripted then what happens is you trip yourself over it's like oh my goodness i'm holding up my pieces of paper here i haven't got that answer down and then you collapse right but i don't need to rehearse the answer i'm about to give you although i've never thought about it look my father and mother are really gregarious people and they love people and I had that with my, especially my father, is out of control, okay? My, people think my father, me, me, they go, what's your father like? Listen, if you think I've got energy, you should try my father. He's 95 years old, right? But the thing is, I think that after a while, people know the natural person that you are. I am inquisitive about what people do. I do ask them questions. I love knowing. And I think that it's the same. It carries over to my interview technique, Jackie. So to be really honest with you, um, what you see is what you get, whether I'm on camera or off camera. And I think you're the same. Am I wrong or right? I completely agree. Yes. I think so. Also, the reason I'm asking is because I feel like some people just don't know how to talk to people. Like we're just conversationalists. This is what we do for a living. So I think my question to you is like, what advice do you have uh, for somebody that would basically be going out? And feeling not feeling like they're interviewing somebody, but actually want to get to know someone. 
I see what you're saying. So that's like a, like a dating question away as well. And by the way, that's what David, Dr. David Selvage, um, we're going to be having um, dating and uh, from a psychiatrist perspective, that's going to be a show and a half. Um, I, I think the thing is, if you are naturally shy, just be yourself. You know, the minute I, I know myself, if I'm going out and I'm pushing myself, sometimes I just don't feel like it either. Sometimes you don't feel like it either. You know, sometimes it, it, I think it's like this. It's like, um, and like somebody's been helping with me with nutrition recently, and it's the same thing. It's like if you think you can't eat that, you'll eat ten times more of it. So true. If you think you have to be outspoken and gregarious, you'll be the opposite. Mm-hmm. So I think I think the thing is my, my advice to you to anyone that feels that you know they don't necessarily feel like they're fluid and is just for yourself because people will be attracted to your energy. Ah, I've got even a really fantastic answer. It's a really good one, actually. Because I have the most gorgeous friend. Um, her name is Rosie. Keep it at that. She's a genius, this woman. Genius. And um, I went with her to a function years ago. And, uh, you know, I like this. I like to sort of bounce around. I'm, I'm everywhere, right? And I was her date. And she said to me, just, just, do it my way. So what she did was she put herself in the corner somewhere in the room, very, very beautifully, beautifully dressed, gorgeously dressed, such a word, calm, composed. Do you know how many people came up to us? It's a really interesting thing, and I'm, I have to share this with you. I'm not necessarily good at it. She said, Henry, the people that want to come up and say hello to me, they will. I swear, it's a whole role reversal. For people like us, 100%, right? That's hilarious. So tell me about that experience. Tell me more. I tell you, and she said, try it. And so I I, I was with her, the most interesting people in the world, and she said, you know what? The people that want to come up and talk to me will be the people that we should be talking to. If I talk, if I have one quality, and it wasn't, it wasn't, she wasn't saying this in a, you know, look how fantastic I am or overcompensating being, you know, shiny thing. It really came from a place of stillness. And she said, Henry, the con- I'd rather have one really quality conversation where I make a real connection than go buzzing around the whole place, being very available and just, what is it? Do you know how you like pick up all these business cards but you really only want to speak to one person out of all that work? <laughs> Totally. She said, I don't believe in speed dating. I don't believe in it. That is such good advice. I'm going to try that. Honestly, Jackie, and I've tried, you know, look, most of my media shows and most of my media experience came from America. So, you know, I really did a lot of TV in the States. And the States understands fifth gear, and I'm just sharing with you culturally, right? Fifth gear. And I've always been on fifth gear, fifth gear, fifth gear, because that's just my personality. And when I came back to Australia, I learned there's also first, second, and third, and fourth gear. And that, by the I know, I'm trying really hard at the moment. I really am. And so in the back of my mind, as I'm doing this interview, I'm saying, Henry, okay, well, you've seen the fifth gear, Henry. Now it's time to slow it down a little bit and, and match Jackie's energy because Jackie's energy is really, it's vibrant, which is about a three and a half because she doesn't want to explode too early. The show's not finished yet. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I'm telling you what I'm thinking. I'm thinking go down to three. And so part of that is anyone being interviewed, 
You don't always have to be on fifth gear. You don't always have to be the one running around saying hello to people. You can be within yourself and calm. And I tell you, it's the one thing that authorship, 30 months, and we just, we've got five publishers that are waiting to read the whole transcript. Now, from the person that comes from the 30-second take, all my life it's been 30-second take, 30-second take, 30-second take, and now this is the 30-month take. Coming soon. Coming soon. And sorry, I'm going, and that's uh, one of my pieces of advice I'm going to tell you um, is how I have a tissue. Okay. <laughs> oh, um, love it. And water, and water, right? I got water for it. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I hope that makes a bit of sense. It's like for those, so to summarise, for those people that really wanted to get out there and, and achieve, you know, when you go to an event, there's a goal. And I'm going to share with you all my goals for what I wanted for this show today. But when you go out, you know, there's always, again, it's always that pre-rehearsal. It's always that the script. This is who I am. This is what I Just be within yourself. If people see your confidence and your stillness, I promise you they'll go and come up to you. And I'm telling you, we had the most fantastic time that night, Rosie and I. Uh, we were dressed beautifully. So that's one thing. You always present yourself as best as you can. And you go out and do your thing. And the interesting thing is when you're still within yourself, people want to know. I promise you they do. So I'm thinking, because like, I don't know if you're spiritual at all, but like there's something with like being grounded, right? When you're grounded, you attract just naturally. So I feel like for her, like she was helping you be grounded in that moment to attract the right people, right? So interesting. 100%, 100%. And I think that, you know, that's why I think, um, you know, I was speaking to Rebecca Bond, our guest this weekend, and we're talking about, you know, uh, a LinkedIn futurist, um, where to from the glass ceiling. And, And the thing is, it is about being in the moment. And it is about understanding that the pandemic has really changed things so dramatically that the opportunities aren't always making a whole lot of noise. It's much more about the content, the quality, the authenticity, the being within yourself and being, and, and as you said, having being still within yourself. And look, it's not a quality I've ever had in the past and I'm learning it. Totally. I think we all are in this new world, right? Right. Absolutely. So I have a question about vodcasting. So vodcasting in comparison to like what you've been doing prior with media and TV, like how has that changed in terms of audience, in terms of what you're used to? Like, cause that's the way of the world now. Like I feel like you're getting more views on vodcasting than on a national television show. Like tell me more. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, really interesting. Look, I came from a, you know, from my experience was always about how many millions of people I was reaching. Don't forget we had Project Runway Australia. I had my own show in America, uh, which was one of the first strip shows on the E-Network and on Style, uh, called Style Court. We had hundreds of thousands of people that watched it. And so that was the mentality that we came from. When I started this podcast, I promised myself one thing, because look, you, we all know, those likes and the numbers will do you in. I'll do you in. And I promised myself I have a goal, a certain number of people that I want to watch, have watched this show, listen to this show, and build it. And that's what I, and that's what I, is that Hershey? Is it your dog? Literally, I just have you, sorry. Hello, Hershey. Because Hershey can hear me. <laughs> Hershey can't see her. Now she's, everyone's on my guesser, but now it's fine. Hershey let herself. <laughs> we knew you were on Henry. That was hilarious. Hershey understands my accent and I understand her accent. <laughs> that's hilarious. 
Um, so I think the thing is um, the reach is so much more niche now. Yes, you can get to millions and all that sort of stuff, but, okay, for me, my personal goal was, first of all, we know media is completely fractured into a million, billion pieces, and that's amazing. We can all be part of it. So for me personally, my initial goal is that I want it to be organic, I want it to be natural. I am proud to say we get in a, in a week, and this is building from nothing, um, a thousand views and listeners, and I'm really pleased with it. I'm really yeah. proud of them. You should. Yeah. And so I think, I think the thing is, yes, it's wonderful to have the million here and the million there, but my goal, because I want to build the audience for when we publish our book and, and, and actually get movie rights for the stories I told my son, is to have a really authentic group of people that I have spoken to and has spoken to other people and we've all interacted. That's my goal. And so I just don't even look at quality. It's about the quality of the audience, not the quantity. Because the quantity, some of those people just might be totally irrelevant, honestly. They might not interact, right? Actually, so true. And there was a point I brought up about um, the quality, right? And about people who are doing interviews and you think about, okay, there's 1,312,000 people for that. Should I take this one or that one? I would say something different, look differently, and that is look at the quality. So I'll explain to you what my experience and how I actually got onto doing a style court. Um, and I was actually headhunted by the vice president of um, new programming in the e-networks, Jay James. I'll tell you how it happened. I was doing um, just a, a startup show, uh, which became quite big, called The Other Half. They flew me over from New York to Los Angeles, and it was the uh, other side of uh, The View, and it was because of that show. So when I'm doing this interview or you doing this interview, it's not just the numbers game, it's the quality game. So don't forget that the people that are watching and listening to this show are also people in all walks of life, in all spheres of influence. And he called me up and he said, look, I saw you. I thought it was a friend playing a joke in the beginning. He goes, no, no, I assure you, this is actually Jay James from, you know, E-Networks. And he said, I saw you on that new show, The Other Half, and I thought to myself, my God, I just realised something. People in the media who are watching these shows, they're people too. We're all people. So never actually throw something out and say, this is not for me, there's not enough numbers, there's not a friend of mine, and let me tell you something, they are in really, really, really high positions and their time is really limited. That has said to me, we wouldn't love to be on. Not one and they can be, honestly, they've got, they can have reached. And, and you know, they, I'll give you a perfect example. And, and also another little tip behind the preparation of the interviews. So um, in Australia, we have uh, an extremely well-known, highly, highly sought after singer-songwriter, entertainer, performer. Her name is Denny Hines. Now, Denny Hines is an Australian icon. You know, it's a national Australian icon. There's a Harbour Bridge, the Opera House, and Denny Hines is along those lines, okay? It so happened that Michelle and I did her wedding gown, but that's not the main point. She has now gone to um, base herself in Bangkok at the moment because she's getting amazing growth, and I highly recommend everybody to look up Denny Hines. She sings like you've never experienced in your life. And her market is now Japan, D-E-N-I-H-I-N-I. And that's the other thing. I write down notes when I have my people with interviews as well. <laughs> and by the way, people in my audience know that, Jackie. Someone says to me, my God, you really are interested in your interview because people, you write down notes. I'm like, yeah. So D-E-N-I-H-I-N-E-S. And I'll tell you what was extraordinary and what, what said a lot to me, a lot. 
So I call her up and I say, her husband's her manager, which is very clever, the arm's length. Daniel, you don't muck around with Daniel. The muscles on that boy, he can come and get me, he pulls me up with one finger. Okay. And I said, look, there's only one criterion. I stuck to my guns. I said, and I had, you know, look, compared to her fame and the growth of our show at the moment, it's a little bit of a different scale. Let's get real. I have to be honest here. So he said to me, look, there's only one thing at the time. Because it would mean that, you know, because you're live to air, so I go, you know, it's a weekend show, it goes live to air, it's uh, Eastern Seaboard, uh, USA, 6.30pm on a Saturday night, it's 11.30pm London on a Saturday night, 5.30am Bangkok time, Sunday morning at 8.30 Australian time, I'll do it. That young lady got up at 3.30am and we did two interviews because she was in such demand she had to be on live, you know, ready to prepare the behind the scenes at 5 o'clock, and she was on from 5.30 to 6.30, and I learned so much from her. I learned so much from her. Not just, awesome. by, not just by what she said, but also by the very fact that it's a reminder that if you want it and if you want to get it, you've got to be so easy to work with. You know, she could have been difficult and writers, look, Denny is, is shooting to the stars. She's going to get the Japanese market. All you need is a Japanese market. Let's get real. Her voice is extraordinary. I really, again, recommend. But what it reminded me of, especially with being you know, all three and all that sort of stuff is you've got to put in the yards and you've got to be easy to deal with and you've got to be a pleasure to deal with. That young lady could have said, Henry, I like you. I don't like you. I'm, either way, I'm not, I'm not getting out of bed at 3.34 o'clock. And not only that, it was on live at 5 o'clock. I needed her in front of the, you know, behind the green room. But Jackie, she was up two hours earlier, just like I was up two hours earlier. Because you have to be prepared. Totally prepared, totally. You can't have a tornado going on around you when you're about to do an interview. I love that. Great. This has been so insightful, Henry. I think my audience is going to learn a lot today. Look, I, I love sharing with you. I've got, I don't know how much more time we have, but I've got a few like must have special secrets I'm prepared to reveal. Share them, share them, and then we'll play some game time. <laughs> Absolutely. Because the bottom line is you've squeezed it out as you are an excellent interview, and you have said, Henry, we need some secrets. So I'll tell you. Yeah. These are my masters when I'm interviewing. Number one, is it doesn't matter what time, if you can do it, it's, it's winter here at the moment, it's cold outside, even for Australia, the window's jacked open. Have cool, wherever you are, you'll notice when you're in a studio, the AC is on high, cold, must be cold because it helps people naturally perspire, they, they naturally give off heat, it cools your skin straight away. I absolutely jacked that window up at 5 o'clock this morning when I got up because I wanted to have that. That's number one. Number two, the night before, it doesn't matter how much water you're drinking, so for all those water drinkers, you've got to have jack your skin up with extra H2O. Just before you go on air, I had two 600 mils, that's, I don't know, I don't know your measurements in America, I've forgotten, quartz, half a quart or something, I don't know. Half a bucket it full. Is, isn't it ounces? Yeah, how, much is, how much is your bottle? 16 ounces. So two 16 ounces, thank you. That's it's two uh, 600 mils, okay? That's number one. Number two, and this is just my thing. I'm not saying that you should or you shouldn't do it. I absolutely have. I eat something and then I have magnesium tablets. Must have. 
Now, what magnesium tablets, I'll just read very quickly because I haven't had the check marks, supports energy production, supports muscle function, nothing wrong with my, my, my voice tongue, I'll tell you that, maintains nervous system health, supports a healthy stress response. I can't, and I have four of those. They're amazing. Then, and this is my secrets, I always do a sugar scrub on my face. I and it, re- <laughs> it revitalizes me, but here's now the real deal. The second last thing is I do, and I live like this, I'm not promoting it, I'm not sponsoring it, this is not paid advertisement. I can't live without L'Oreal Revital Lift. You can, I swear to God, I, if I could, I would drink it. Do you put it all over your face or under your eyes? Or? Everywhere, Jackie, wherever I can. So I when I do I honestly, I cannot recommend this enough. It's so refreshing. After the scrub, sugar scrub, I'm telling you, again, by the same people, L'Oreal, and what it does is it doesn't matter your skin type or whatever. Again, you have to test it properly to make sure you don't have any allergies or whatever. Not only that, that company is one of the most ethical companies in the world. A friend of mine in London works for that group. Can you believe they've been paying them fully all the way through the pandemic, even though they haven't been working? I love them. I am not I am not kidding. I am not kidding. So that's so L'Oreal, uh, the Revital Lift Laser Times 3. So you've done this. Yeah, I'm telling you. And then no one can do can live in this world without Tom Ford. Now, if you can't be your partner, I suppose there's how many billion of us, you can't all be his partner. Right. But you, I tell you this, I steal this from my mother. This Tom Ford product is out of control. Now, let me explain to you what it is. So this is a Tom Ford, uh, and this is expensive, but it's worth it because we're worth it, right? Traceless Foundation SPF 15. Let me tell you something. You just, after it's all soaked in, you just put it, you know, you just do what you have to do. And then I always rub my cheeks so it doesn't look like it's, you know, and this is just a male version. I don't know, you ladies know much better than me. Oh, my God, you feel like a million dollars. It's, it's, it's why your skin, you have great skin, like great skin. Have you been doing this skin routine, by the way? Um, well, the, this is a new thing that I stole from my mother because we're doing lockdown with my parents at the moment, and she finds out because I think every squirt is like $10,000. Uh, no wonder I look gorgeous. Um, no, Jackie, I, I've been doing it for quite some time, and, and so that's my, that's my advice to everybody. You know, have your own regime. And you, I feel like it's good self-care because like when you feel good, you, you come through other ways to people look, feeling good. Right. And looking good. And my brand is, I like to wear a suit and a tie. Now, but I don't just wear a suit and a tie. And by the way, this is another really interesting um, observation. You know how before anchors, there used to be this big joke that they wear the, the suit, the tie, the jacket, and underneath they'd be wearing pajama bottoms or trackies or whatever. Those days are over. <laughs> Those days are really over. To me, I prepared with you this morning. I put on the whole suit. I've got my boss shoes on. I've got my black suit on. I've got my tie. I love <laughs> the blue, by the way. The blue is really nice. Thank you. And so I think the thing is, when you're doing it authentically, people know whether you're wearing the whole suit or not. I just, I don't know. I just feel that. So do. I think so. I laugh because when we were in severe pandemic too, like that's all they were doing. And you could literally see sometimes that they were wearing yes. That's the thing. Cause the thing is, you know, things happen spontaneously, right? So it's possible that you have to get out of your seat. How do you possibly ever recover from that? Right. No, you can't. 
That's a fashion from hearing from you. That's a fashion no-no. You will never recover. You'll try, <laughs> but you'll never ever recover because that's also not authentic as far as I'm concerned. No, my, true. Uh, this is, by the way, um, Earl Grey decaffeinated tea. Can't be that. Sounds delicious. I love tea. Tea's my night thing. Is it actually so? It's good for your voice for interviews, is it not? And that's another thing. I actually, for my voice, you're on it, Jackie. I have this um, mineral state. It's, it's actually um, uh, it's organic. It's a vegan um, for sore throats. But I, it's like all vitamins and stuff. And just before this interview, I sprayed in my throat, and I just find my throat loves it. That's a fun fact. Yeah, I really find it helps. It's just my thing. Like everyone's got their different thing. But, you know, your voice is obviously part of the whole deal. And so I definitely use that. Yeah, because I feel like the water helps, but there's something with the tea that soothes it, I feel like, right? Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Henry, you're amazing. Tell everybody when Henry and Friends Live is available and when they can watch it weekly. Absolutely, Jackie. Henry and Friends Live is available on our YouTube channel. So Henry and Friends Live YouTube. Uh, the majority of my audience sheet pops onto Henry and Friends Live Facebook page. Uh, and if you want to connect with me, I welcome you to do so on henryandfriends.live. That's my website. So it's not .com, it's a .live, henryandfriends.live. And that's got how you can connect with me and all that sort of stuff. And probably the next time I'll be speaking with you, Jackie, I'll be launching my business in interviews and 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 prepping people up in the media to be to do interviews. That's why it was important for me. That was more awesome. I am like, that is your calling. That is fantastic. Thank you so much. So exciting. Okay, are you ready for Spitfire quick game time and then we'll be good? Let's do it. Let's go for it. So who was your most embarrassing interview? Never had one. Never had one? Come on. No. Really? No. I've never had one because I don't believe in anything is embarrassing. I think that whatever I've done, I've had the most hair-raising one. Okay, tell, so me that, that, tell that one. Okay, so I was in, in Australia and I was doing all the commentary uh, live from Sydney studio um, through the red carpet, all the Hollywood stuff. And there was a, an intern working and looking after my schedule. And it was specifically written what time you have to be there, right? So I always come a half an hour earlier. She got it completely wrong. So I'm going, and what I do is before I do the interview, I switch off my phone because I know I'm going to be there half an hour earlier. So I'm coming in the limo and the whole thing. I get out. I'm always dressed. I believe being dressed. I do my hair and makeup. I'm ready to go. And then I give myself an hour, a half an hour at least, to be within myself. I walk up the stairs and the most amazing producer comes up to me and I said, oh, hi. Good morning, Celine. And she goes, hi, good morning. I said, oh, um, how long, um, you know, we've got like another hour. She goes, another half an hour. She goes, no, no, you're on in 40 seconds. Oh 40 seconds. And you know what I did? I just went slowly. I, put my, I literally dropped my bags as I was going. I got the script in my hand and I sat down and off we went. Oh, my God. I love it. It was interesting. Yeah. I love it. Okay, who is, because you've interviewed so many people, who's somebody you've never interviewed? that you would love to interview? The Queen of England. Oh my God, cool. What a good one. I'd love to interview the Queen of England. After everything that she's gone through, everything that she's seen, and my first question is, is mom, it's an absolute honor and privilege beyond compare to have the privilege of sitting with, with you. And my first question must be, mom, because it's mom, you know, what is your secret of keeping calm 
under any circumstances, what, how do you do that? I mean, she's had a lot to deal with in her life. So that would be my interview and that would be my first question. Oh my God, I love it. These are great. <laughs> what is Thank something, you. what is something that you need in your life every day? Silence. Silence. I've learned to embrace silence. I love it. So are you meditating? Like what does that consist of? Well, so much meditating. I, you know, with the pandemic and everything, I go, I get up when I, when, if this wouldn't be the interview this morning, um, and I'll be doing it later on anyway. I get up at the crack of dawn before sun rises and it's freezing. It's, I don't know, we're having a really cold winter this year. Nothing like New York, but and I just put on my, you know, and I dress up nicely. I always make sure I've got uh, my sister sent me a New York City sweatshirt, which I love. Everybody thinks I'm American, by the way. And I go for a walk silently and I used to play music in my headphones. I stopped it. No music, just walk. I love Silent. it. Can't do without it now. I'm feeling a theme tonight is like to be still, right? Like, I love that. The real thing. So good. Okay. And what's like Henry's go-to favorite meal? Israeli biscuits. Ooh, that's like, tell me more. What is this? I have to tell you something. There's this product, um, and I think it's called Eshkal, but here's the deal, right? Then lemon. Tell me how to spell it afterwards. Okay. <laughs> they are lemon biscuits that are vegan and sugarless. And I don't know what they're doing over there when they're baking the ministry up, but I want to tell you something. They are the hidden pleasure of my life at the moment with a cup of tea. Can't do without it. So is that like a morning or a dessert thing for you? Truth be known. (laughs) Truth be known. There's no time when you're in the lockdown. What year are we in? What do you mean? uh, What I'm learning is just like we've talked about when you're told you can't, you can't, you do. I'm doing it as I feel, but usually it's morning tea time, my darling. So 10.30 a.m. Eastern winter time in Australia. Seriously. Okay, and final question. Where is one place when this ends where you want to travel that you've never been? Malta. Where's that? Malta is near Europe. Cool. And what's so, yeah, what's so interesting about Malta is it's an island and it's got so many, it's got all different cultures. It's partly Italian, it's partly English. It's like a whole mixture. And Malta is something, and they speak Maltese there, of course. And I think their flag is white with a red cross. But it's just so, what I see there is there's something so molded and molded in. And equally, I want to go to Montreal. I want to go to Montreal. Yeah. That's, my That's like a party fun city. I remember that, but it's fun. Super fun. Okay, you're amazing. Tell everyone again how they can follow you and stay up to date for Henry and Friends Live. Fantastic. Please hop on to henryandfriends.live is my website. We go live right around the world every week and then download on Henry and Friends Live Facebook and our YouTube channel, Henry and Friends Live. I am so excited for your adventure. That's amazing. Thank you everyone so much for tuning in to Becoming Next on Scene and stay tuned for who's next on Scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.